This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is Mike, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer back for part two of our marvel cinematic universe retrospective episodes uh this is the obsessive viewer we're a weekly movie and tv podcast that covers a specific topic be a genre trope movie or show each episode you can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com and find the companion blog at obsessiveviewer.com and also quick note uh come see us at indie popcon june 26th to june 28th it's my birthday weekend but you know whatever don't don't feel obligated to give me a present uh we'll have live recording at the booth and a lot of fun stuff in the works uh and tickets are on sale at indiepopcon.com how's it going everyone terrific it is good nice nice yeah uh yeah so this is part two this is our phase two of marvel cinematic universe retrospective I, that was a crazy um <laughs> but yeah so last week we talked about phase one and we kind of got a little you know i think the consensus with us with us was that it it really wasn't as good as we remembered i think mike you may have mentioned that mm-hmm. at least in pre yeah. yeah, pre-show yeah. um and I'm really looking forward to this part because it's a lot better, in my opinion. Um, and really quickly, I just want to just mention that I've watched – last week I mentioned that I've watched a little bit of Agent Carter and I haven't gotten around to Daredevil. Um, just really briefly, uh, I finished Agent Carter. It's not as good as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a solid show. So it, I think the problem I have with Agent Carter is that it's – while Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, gives good background to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and has a core group of, of a core team that works together well and interacts well together. Agent Carter is not quite that. It's, it's a period piece providing history to like the birth of S.H.I.E.L.D., but S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't like it's not even in, in their radar of starting S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's also, it's weird because at the very outset of the series, uh, Peggy Carter is asked to be a double agent. So the, her coworkers in the show, it's not, it's not a team. It's like, she's immediately on the opposite side of them. And it's, it doesn't really give good, um, character dynamics built in. And, uh, and I'll stop talking here in a second. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched the first episode of Marvel's Daredevil, which was really, really good. And I can't wait to watch more of it. Um, just the, the tone and, and the, the lighting in particular was really, was really jaw dropping. And I, I posted this on Facebook, but as a longtime fan of Boardwalk Empire, I'm really glad to see Charlie Cox in a show that kicking ass in a show that uh, people actually watch. <sighs> Having said that, wow. what are your guys' thoughts on phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? <laughs> well, oh, overall, we're, we're shooting our wad early. Well, huh? uh, give an overview. Uh, should we do an overview and then go movie by movie? Yeah, sure. Sure. It's better. It's absolutely yeah. better. Um, we get, we get some really quality movies. I think mm-hmm. before we could talk about, you know, um, what were good comic book movies, but I think we get really, really quality different kinds of movies this time around. Absolutely. True. There's only, I mean, just looking at the list, there's like one, one turd out of five. 
<laughs> and all the other ones are at least solid, if not really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I wonder if looking back at all this in, you know, five years, seven years, however, uh, and we see it all as like a trilogy of, of phases, you know, maybe we'll have more respect for the first one because Marvel was just kind of finding its stride and just kind of getting going and, you but, know. Would you say that we'd have a new hope for the first phase? I hate you right now. Hashtag uh, Disney. Don't cross-reference. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, cross the streams of reference. God. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's better. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> nice. Uh, so as an overview of Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2, we have Iron Man 3 from 2013. Uh and then Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Avengers Age of Ultron. So starting out, Iron Man 3. What do you guys think of think of the third entry in the Iron Man franchise? Uh, this you know, we, we reviewed this, didn't we? You know, I don't think we... I think that I... Man, that reminds me. I meant to re-listen to our uh, Captain America episode. Because we did Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I know that. I don't think we ever did Iron Man three, did we? I don't think we. Did. I know that I know that we talked about it. We did um, because I yeah. mentioned. Uh, I I remember getting texts afterwards, kind of thanking us for not over praising it. Um, right. And I think I'm gonna stick with that, even even the second time through. Um, what I love about the movie is the that we get immediate fallout from the Avengers. I love that Tony mm-hmm. Stark is going through something. Um, but it's still what did i say last time i said something about how it it i wish there was more iron man which is such a such an elementary such a childish complaint to have about these types of movies anymore um but it it was there was very very little iron man in the third movie and also kind of the end of it left me with a weird taste in my mouth wondering um, what his intention is? Why? Why is he destroying all of his Iron Man suits? I don't know. I had a lot of problems with it. I think it was fun, but uh, I, what do you guys think? Uh, just Sorry. to echo what I said about it the last time is I I just appreciate the movie so much because it's such a beautiful wrap up for the character, um, and that's that's what stuck out to me. I totally get that you know he was only in the Iron Man suit for like 20 minutes in this movie. Um, <laughs> we saw a lot of Iron Men, but, you know, they were just empty suits. Uh, there was there was nothing in there. Um, but I think, I just think that set up the whole concept of him trying to still, you know, Tony Stark still trying to to figure out his relationship with this suit, how much of it is him, how much of it isn't him. Uh, can he really be the same Tony Stark that he's become without the suit? It's just all these, it's just all this weird conflict and internal conflict that the character goes through. Um, and I really felt that with this movie. That's, that's what I loved about it. It, it wasn't about, it wasn't about the action. It wasn't about stopping a, a horrible villain. It was just about Tony Stark wrestling with his own demons still. And I thought that in that respect, it was, just beautifully done. Uh-huh. I agree. And it, you know, the, the, and by the way, by the way, we talked about Iron Man three in episode 34 of the podcast. It was our 2013 year in review. And if I'm looking at the timestamps correctly, it was at about around the hour mark. Uh, tiny brought it up for, in his best movies of 2013. I think. Right. Okay. So anyway, I really, really enjoyed this movie and yeah, <sighs> Having rewatched it like freshly, like within the past week, 
it's I, I I think what I latched onto most is like like you said, Mike. I really 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 enjoyed how it how it follows up on uh, the Avengers and how he has kind of this has these severe anxiety attacks over saving the earth and uh like nearly sacrificing his life for the greater good it's it's a very almost dark uh kind of dynamic for for the character and it really while it's not like an evolution from the from the second movie it's it's just a really nice um wrinkle in in the characterization of tony stark and it, it gives a new it kind of injects some new blood after the bad taste of Iron Man 2. And I I understand your um issues with him not being in the Iron Man suit uh throughout a, throughout a lot of it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say that that's an elementary kind of criticism because I mean, yeah, I mean, he's Iron Man, he should be in the Iron Man suit. And I made a big stink about Iron Man 2 um him tarnishing the suit by being drunk in it and acting like an idiot. Um but with with this it kind of it gives him he he's more vulnerable um in in that aspect of it and i really liked sh- what what shane black brought to the movie both both visually and in the screenwriting cuz the the dialogue is just absolutely it's a riot like there's the scene where the scene where uh the kid which i thought was a little contrived but we'll we'll get to that in a moment but um the scene where the kid talks about how his dad left and and Tony's just like, well, big deal. Uh, dad's leave. Don't no need to be a pussy about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when that's that, good. Oh my! Like the entire theater roared with laughter, and yeah. I missed like the next two lines because it was I was laughing so hard. But mm. yeah, and, and you know, this is it's a problematic movie, but I think that it's a really interesting avenue for the Tony Stark character to take, and uh, it, I really liked it. Um, I've only actually seen the movie twice. You know, I watched it when it came out, obviously, and then I got the the Blu-ray and watched it shortly after it came out. Um, and unfortunately, I don't really have much of a base uh, uh, of of argument against it, and I'm kind of a little remiss about that. Um, but I just I do remember that my feeling both times was kind of was kind of ho hum. Not not that the movie. Not that the movie lacked too much, and of course it's an upgrade over the second one, but uh, I, I don't know. I think I was just hoping for, hoping for more. I also I I tell you what I did love the Mandarin thing, and I love that it pissed off so many people who are Thank apparently you. claiming to be Iron Man fans. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I hated the backlash that that got because I thought that was such a clever and cheeky Me too. twist on on the villain and. I, like I, I get a kick, a, a huge kick out of Ben Kingsley, Kingsley's performance in in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I think one, you know, you could call it an issue, or you can call it a characteristic. You can call it an upside or a downside. It's it's really up to the to the viewer. But I think what it is about the entire Iron Man trilogy is that Tony Stark is such a massive character and such a uh, narcissist and just a big person. He's a genius and he's a billionaire, all that stuff. Playboy philanthropist. Play right, yeah. right. <laughs> There's just so much in that one character that we had three pretty ho-hum villains, mm-hmm. especially in three. I mean, ugh. I don't even remember what uh, Guy Pierce's name was or anything. I don't... Did- I- 
Mike, did he have like a? Did his character have like a a villain name or? Uh, he... <laughs> Mister Extremis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's it's kind of. I mean, I, this sounds super cheesy, but it's like the villain throughout this trilogy was Tony Stark. Like he was just wrestling with his own inner demons throughout all three movies, really. Um, the first one, he's trying to decide whether he wants to be a philanthropist or a warmonger, essentially. Right. Uh, the second one, it's about he's dealing with his own death. It's seemingly inevitable. And the third mm-hmm. one, it's about how he's going to get away from this persona that he's created for himself. And, mm-hmm. and you we've know, yet to get alcoholism. <laughs> true, which was that was a big feature of the character in this comics, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. He was much more anti-hero-ish in the comics from what I've yeah. heard. Right. But so, yeah, that's I think that's. Some people do like that and some people don't. I think it's such, he's such a fantastic character that the other qualms of not just Iron Man 3, but the other two movies don't really matter that much to to me personally because I just enjoy the character so much. Absolutely. And it's, it's a really, really fine line to, to, to show any kind of growth with this character because, I mean, like, like you said, his demons are that he's this, he's this, Kind of, kind of crazy. Not crazy, but kind of this. Uh, he, he's a little crazy. Yeah, he's well, he's an eccentric. He's he's a narcissist and and all that stuff. But that's also what the what the audience loves about him. <laughs> so you can't really change him or stray him from that without true damaging his appeal as as a character. So it's a it's a really really uh, tense tightrope walk that they have to do with the character, but. There are a couple other like kind of bigger problems with with the movie that I found this time around was that the whole first of all the kid was a little a little too hokey mm-hmm. um just just he's, and this is nitpicking he's too clever and just that and, yeah and like okay Tony Stark crashes in Tennessee and happens along the one kid in the in the like yeah. in the super rural area that is technologically savvy and it's i well don't you know um, they're all tech savvy these days that's true those damn kids with their yik yaks and their uh their internet machines internet machines are you guys familiar with yik yak i've heard of it yeah yeah it's some it's yeah it's 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 stupid i don't know i I don't yak back i don't know do you guys ever have a yak back no but i know i've heard what what is that it was basically like a 30 second recorder toy that you could talk into and it would play back and sometimes it would do you know like effects on your voice god the 90s sucked (laughs) um anyway i love you watch your mouth (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh if you're listening to the snapchat me on yik yak and riff raff but (laughs) so anyway but the bigger problem i had was was like i think tiny you alluded to this the the suits the iron men the suits and i i get it like he's he's dealing with his his, you know, anxiety after the Battle of New York and the Avengers, he's dealing that by tinkering and by making these by making these uh suits, these these automated suits, these these drones basically. And I mean, you know, once you see it the first time, it kind of makes it a little like like why do you really need him to be there ever, ever, ever again? Like the like the entire the Air Force One uh, saving the saving the people flying out of Air Force One sequence is a really well constructed sequence mm-hmm. of action comic book mm-hmm. action film, 
but by the end of it, like there's a there's a quick there's a quick like gag that reveals that it's it's a suit. It's like, what's the point? I mean, if yes. he can remote control we, a suit, we ta- I remember we talked about this last time. Absolutely, yeah. Never again is there a threat. Yeah. Never should we feel threatened that Iron Man is finished. Oh yeah, like why does he need to? Go- well, I understand why he needs to go on to the tanker because you know they've got uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, but. Still, it's like, you know, if he can remote control it with a is complete with complete functionality, like why? Mm-hmm. True. That's but I true. yeah, but I will say the final sequence on on the tanker thing uh was really thrilling. It was really cool seeing him pop in and out of different suits. Um yeah, I thought that was cool. a, I thought that was really cool. Cool sequence. Yeah. I'll tell you what else works. Uh really works is the is the scene Early on when, I guess at the end of the first act, when they take out, uh, Tony's home, mm-hmm. um, and, and Gwyneth, pa- and he like saves Gwyneth Paltrow Pepper, uh, <laughs> with the suit. I think that works very well. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, what I really liked about that also is that it's, I mean, I might be mistaken or I might be reading something into it that I want to read into it that's not really there, but I, I like the idea that he, that he set it up to where it would, it would find, like it would, it would attach itself to Gwyneth Paltrow. Like he, like he did that with he. Oh, it absolutely. Yeah. Is. I, yes. I, I love that he had that much forethought because there's a line of dialogue where he's talking about how he's, he's worried about protecting the one thing that's mo- that's most important to him and referring to pepper. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I love the idea. Like that little element gives a lot. Uh, it gives, it gives a, uh, another dimension to his anxiety because in his fears because you kind of just think like he's sitting there he's doing all this and you know you think that okay it's because he can't sleep and it's because he can't because he can't deal with what happened in new york but also it's to protect her <laughs> like right. just the the psychological aspect there the psychological uh implications of 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 doing that is just it's really brings about a lot of uh uh edge to the to the character that wouldn't have been there had that not been a thing mm-hmm. word so yeah um one final thing about uh iron man 3 <laughs> i think I, I mentioned it before but the the dialogue i absolutely loved it um the henchmen particularly there's one scene and <laughs> we can move on to uh the next movie but uh there's one scene <laughs> where the henchmen uh, it's after, after Tony gets rescued or, or the suit uh, while Tony's making his escape, uh-huh. uh, that he points the gun at the henchman and he's like, the hen- oh, what does the henchman say? He says, uh, seriously, I don't even like working here. These guys are so weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Something about that just, it tickled me so much. Uh-huh. Um, so funny. So yeah. But so. Overall, I really enjoyed Iron Man 3. It has some problems, and the the villain also, we didn't really touch on that, but uh, Guy Pierce's villain isn't really all that. Or Pro- a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's, he's basically, he's basically, I would, I would almost say that he's, he's, he's better than the alternative or what's been shown in the first two movies, but I wasn't too crazy about the first two villains either, so it's it's a slight edge up. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yep. Tiny, any final thoughts? No. Agreed. 
Cool. Sorry, I just choked on water. I know, yeah. and I, I totally called you out. Like, <laughs> I put you on the spot Tiny, while you're choking. What do you think? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so is that that close the book on Iron Man three? Yes, I think so. It's pretty cool. good. Where? How did after Iron Man three? How did you guys feel about the direction of the Marvel universe in Phase two? Ooh, that's a good question. I personally, I I felt like they were. <laughs> I it felt refreshing almost because. It's not obviously it's not an origin story. It's it's a sequel that actually can stand can can stand with the rest of of the at least Iron Man movies mm-hmm. uh, in my eyes. And you know it there was a lot of confidence on their part, and I think that that really showed through in Iron Man three. Like they like they know that they're hot right now. Yeah, they can. They so can it really... felt like these were the kinds of movies we were going to get. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And then we got Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can I go on a quick rant about Thor? Just real quick. This Please movie. Please do. So, okay. So I had every intention of, and this is more, this is more a, uh, a method of, of finding movies rant, but I was all set to rewatch Thor, the dark world. I felt, I fell asleep during part of it when I saw it in the theater and I haven't seen it since cause it's Thor, the dark world. But <laughs> so I, I wanted to watch this again, but I couldn't find it to rent anywhere. Google Play. Um, I haven't checked iTunes, but I didn't want to do iTunes because um, I couldn't stream it to my TV. But I, I could, like it was only available to purchase. And I looked on. Uh, I did look on uh, my Can I Stream It app, and under rental, it's not available anywhere. Like you can only well, buy gotta, a digital copy. What about brick and mortar? Uh, there aren't really any around here except for Family Video. I didn't actually go there, but uh, Family Video is pretty choice. Yeah, I, sh- I should have tried that, but I'll probably end up trying that because I still need to watch it. But um, also Redbox didn't really have it anywhere. I checked, I checked their app. Um, it was just, it was frustrating, and I was like, this is why people pirate things. And I mean, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not taking a stance against piracy or anything like that because you know, whatever. But it's just like. Make it available. I would have. I didn't like the movie that much, and we'll get into why. But I would have paid five, six dollars to rent it again to watch it for this podcast. But I didn't have a method of doing that. And also, I also checked the PSN store, and no, it it, it was it's it's frustrating beyond beyond belief. But we're not talking about cord cutting or anything like that, or or uh, digital rentals. We're talking about Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> How do you guys I mean, feel that, about I, it? Like, I get it. I get that that's a little frustrating. But I got to yeah. say, if I'm listening to this podcast, I'm saying go to Family Video. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad that you said that because I will I will try that because I don't want to buy it, obviously, and I don't want to whatever. I ugh. And no one I know owns it because, it's, again, it's Thor of the Dark World. Right. I don't. So, and there's always. Dustin, my friend Dustin might own it. Other than that, I honestly don't know. And there's always Netflix Netflix disc service. See, I don't, I don't. You I'll say Netflix this: disc, let's you? let's get to it. I do better than the first it. one. Yeah, d- uh, what I remember of it, yeah, better than the first one. Um, what? Uh, uh, yeah. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> Mike? Do you want to give your just overall thoughts on it? Better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I like. <laughs> I think we are – they're not my type of movies. They're just mm-hmm. not. They're fantasy movies. Uh, I I never got the Thor character. I still don't get the Thor character. That doesn't change here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I because we are not beholden to the origin story, we're we're free to see a cool uh Thor adventure. They they don't play it so cheeky with him being new to Earth. Um and we just kind of get an uh, a a fantasy adventure story. And so I appreciate it for that. Sure. Um I really love the cameos that we got. Um especially particularly the the Captain America cameo, the Chris Evans cameo. I don't um, even remember so, that. While yeah. so much of the movie doesn't work. I mean, it is not a good movie by any standards. It's a uh, it's kind of a middle of the road uh a comic book movie. It's it's passable at best. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I just I I I'm at a loss here. I you know, I am too cuz I <laughs> I only saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it since I've only seen it the one time and I just I'm having trouble remembering it because it was so not good. Yeah. Uh I actually think I think the first one's better. You know, and okay, I'll I'll kind of leapfrog off that if yeah. you don't mind. I I I hesitate to say that the first one's better because like you said Mike, we're free we're free to have a have a adventure movie with with Thor that's not where the humor isn't the comic relief isn't solely about him being right. like new to earth and all that uh fish out of water thing. But I think one of the one of the problems I had, I remember having with this movie was that it seemed like like particularly uh Kat Dennings's character, she was there like they they just really really shoved the comic relief of her character and and the other supporting characters just yeah. down our throats I too much. I completely forgot that Cat Dennings was in this movie, <laughs> and I have now downgraded it to not pass. That's right, you are not a fan of I the hate boobs, Cat Dennings, so um, much. <laughs> so why did I say this movie was passable? I, don't I think I, don't I like know. the fight scenes. I mean, the the special sure. effects are top notch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a I don't really like Kenneth Branagh all that much, despite my love for Shakespeare. I, I think he, I think he's a little too uh, hoity-toity to use a to use a professional critical term. <laughs> sure. Um, and so we don't get that this time around. Mm. But man, Cat Dennings, man, <laughs> just not funny. Just so not funny, and thinks she is the funniest. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say expand on what Matt said. They, they shoved her comic relief down our throat, but to no effect at all because it was terrible comic relief. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I remember very few, very few genuine, like, hearty laughs in the theater. I remember none. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember none, but, like, there were some chuckles and some laughs, but nothing. Right. No, like, gut busters like we get in some of the other movies. Right. And it's another... I gotta say, it's been so long since any of us watched it, like, Long-time listeners are going to go back to when we reviewed the episode and hear us both. Be, yeah, Kat Dennings, I hate her, but she was actually pretty good in this. <laughs> I don't think we have anything to worry about there. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and another thing, and this is more, this also can be said about several other Marvel Cinematic movies, but the villain was just really lackluster. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Yeah, so empty. Yeah, just, and I mean, you got, you, I mean, you got, uh, Christopher Eccleston to play him, but it's just, it's, it's such a, it's like tiny, it's a hollow, a hollow villain that's, that's really only there just to, just to, you know, stir up some crap. It's a placeholder. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's, and it, I feel like it really deserved 
and a lot like the movies with with lackluster villains really deserve a, a strong three dimensional strongly motivated villain and another thing that I wasn't a fan of and I'm I continue to not be a fan of I, okay I'm I'm gonna gonna uh, tiptoe around my around my words here but I think that Tom Hiddleston does a fantastic job as Loki. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I, I can't remember if I said this last week, but I don't think the character is worthy of the fan love that is just gushed upon him. Like 100% like retweet. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. And like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I, I meant to, I meant to post this on Facebook when it, uh, spoiler alert for when we talk about age of Ultron, when, um, there was news this week to, about, you know, just standard like post-release news. It's like, oh, this, this Loki scene got cut. And I'm like, thank you. I'm glad that it got cut. Cause what use does he have in the movie? Uh, it, Cause it would just be fan service for a character that, you know, people really enjoy cause he's hot. Um, <laughs> which is real. I'm, I'm minimalizing. I mean, he does a really fantastic job, obviously, but he, it's just, it's more about, pleasing the fans than creating a a strong three-dimensional character out of them. And I think that that's a really dis, a really big disservice to Tom Hiddleston's acting abilities because he is fantastic as Loki. Mm-hmm. It's just the scripts are never there for him. Yeah. And so, go ahead. I was going to say the character sort of exists as just like a thorn in the side of Thor. A Thor. A, th- a thorn? <laughs> <laughs> But he really is. I mean, that's that's a. This is true throughout Marvel Comics. Is it? Um, There was a heroic turn he had at the end of Siege where he saved the day. So he kind of played a major player in that. But other than that, he is, um, he he is yeah he's a thorn in the side. He's the god of mischief. He's not the god of the destruction of the world. Right. He's never like a a threat, like a massive threat. I mean, he he does make waves. Obviously, we see it in the end of this movie, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I but he's really entertaining, like like mm-hmm. Matt said, he's yeah. he's entertaining, but he's just such a his significance is really overplayed. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. let's not. I don't want to waste more time on Thor than we have Word. to. But right. Um. Can can there can they make a good Thor movie? I just don't know. And what would it take? My my stance is probably not. Uh, and that might just be me because I, I don't like Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of my good friends, Jake, um, he, he's a Thor fan and he kind of appreciates the power of Thor. Uh, and there are things Thor does in comics that I like, but I, I don't think he makes a good movie character. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to dismiss him from being able to have a, a strong movie in the franchise anyway. I mean, but it's, it's an uphill climb. And I think that, Given what we see in Age of Ultron and and what I'm hoping will lead into Ragnarok when it comes out, I'm I'm hoping that they can do they can make me care about the character and his journey apart from the Avengers. Like that's my hope for yeah. Thor Ragnarok when it comes out. And I feel like that's a reasonable thing to want out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's really just the most he's most enjoyable when he is supported by other strong superheroes, like, mm-hmm. like the Hulk thing, really. Yeah. When he's in the yeah. Avengers movies, he's, I enjoy him. 
but uh, in the his two his two standalone movies, yeah, 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 and it'll probably be that way for the third one. Yeah. What oh, else yeah. came out in 2013 besides these two movies? <sighs> um. Like what was big that summer? Twelve. Well, that's I was gonna say twelve years a slave, but that wasn't that summer. <laughs> the big, <laughs> the big summer blockbuster. Twelve years a slave. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, that I summer. Just, even gravity. Gravity. Oh, was... uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My favorite movie of the year. Star Trek mm. Into Darkness. Yes. That could. Mm. That could have an effect on how I feel about at least Iron Man three. Thor is just a turd sandwich, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So moving on. Um, also, I don't really care about Natalie Portman. I don't think she's very good, and she just no. fe- it feels like she doesn't want to be there in these two movies. Yeah, two Thor movies. She seems like either echoes her... of Kirsten Dunst in, yeah. in Spider Man three. That's right. yeah. Well, I think it's more. I think I think Kirsten Dunst really doesn't uh, have the acting chops either right uh natalie portman is i think that she i don't know if this is her her mentality but whenever she's on screen i just get the feeling like either she feels this way or my interpretation of her is this way but it feels like she's just a little bit above it above yeah. you know supporting love interest role in a in a uh, and she yeah. is she you know yeah. she is um yeah, World War Z also came out in the summer of 2013. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so that's Thor The Dark World. Um, also, I should mention, it. I I don't know if they've announced who's going to direct Ragnarok, but I hope that Alan Taylor gets another shot at Thor because I really respect his work on HBO series. Um, mm. And I think that with a with a stronger script, he could be the one that could deliver a a, a, a passable or solid Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the rest of these movies are just turds. We've got... And yeah. <laughs> we, kinda, we peaked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It peaked with Thor. Well, the problem with the problem with the rest of the movies is that... Uh, is that even a real... Can you even use that sentence? I the did. problem with the movies after Thor the Dark World. <laughs> the problem is that they don't have Loki. Um, yeah, <laughs> I missed Loki. I, I felt Loki. I felt true. his absence. Yeah. So anyway, so the next movie is twenty from last year. Um, we heaped praise upon it in an episode of the podcast, whose number I'm gonna have to go back to yeah. later. Would, would it make more sense to point out what we don't love about this movie? Because we've we've talked it, about it good so luck. much. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> my yeah. review was gonna be what can be said that hasn't already been said. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I'd need to watch it again with a notepad and try, try to come up with things about it that I don't like. By the way, Captain America: The Winter Soldier is what we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I can't think of anything. Maybe there isn't enough Winter Soldier. I don't know. You guys go. Well, I think it's, and, and I'm kind of stealing this from our friends at. Um, uh, uh, Nerds Domain podcast. They talked about this. I don't recall the episode. Uh, it may have just been an immediate review of Captain America: The Winter Soldier, but um, they were saying that by all rights, Hawkeye needed to be in this movie and belonged mm-hmm. in this movie because it it's this movie is almost as much about Shield as it is about Cap, and he is a huge feature of Shield, Hawkeye, and he's not in this movie yet. Uh, Black Widow's in it, and Nick Fury's in it, and uh, Kobe Smolders is in it. I don't recall her character's name. Um, uh, Maria Hill. 
Marie Hill. So, you know, they're all in it, but no Hawkeye. It's just kind of weird. Uh, and I, 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 I think trying to squeeze him in could have been a hindrance on the movie, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, could just, it would have been oversaturated, but uh, by all rights, I think he should have been in it. And it's maybe a little unfair to Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye in general. I agree, but that's fair. Maybe yeah. he was home with his family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was getting his wife pregnant three yeah, times during this nice. movie. <laughs> Good point. Uh, by the way, the episode in which we re- we reviewed uh, the Winter Soldier is episode forty nine of the podcast. And you know, it's it's hard to pick apart this movie and to try to find anything to criticize about it. I mean, and that's not to say it's a perfect movie. No movie is a perfect movie. I w- I would venture to say uh, that because uh, you know. There has to be something to pick apart. I like, but it, it this is such a fun, fun movie, and it's so important to the canon and the, and the universe of that that has been built upon these uh, these last how many six seven movies, uh-huh. um, and it's such an integral storyline that plays out, and it plays out so that well. Even pays off later on. Oh yeah. In Age oh of yeah. Ultron. Oh yeah, and the, this. There is a a big shift. Like this movie made Agents of Shield like a much better show, <laughs> and and that's that's it's it's really incredible. And if I were to pick it apart and, and to and to try to find fault in it, which I mean that's you know if I love the movie, I love the movie. But I will say that maybe. Uh, Maybe Robert Redford was a little. Maybe a little see, you can't even. Maybe he looked in the wrong direction in one take. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, he was a little. Uh, I. I don't know. I. I really don't. I'm at a loss. I. I really love this movie. One thing I will say that's not really a gripe on the movie, but I feel like the. I kind of feel like they were setting up. Uh, what's her name's character? The the neighbor who turned out to be an agent. I feel yeah. like they were setting her up for something, and she hasn't. It hasn't. She hasn't appeared anywhere else. She's not in Agents of Shield. She's not anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Isn't she on a show? The actress on the on a show on HB or uh, ABC, maybe. Yeah, she's revenge. the lead she in Revenge, that? Yeah. and that just got canceled. So, oh, did it? you know, okay. maybe she'll pop up in a uh, in yeah. another show. Maybe. Um, um, I think we've talked about this before, but this movie's just so ballsy, mm-hmm. and that's the best. That's kind of a, a, a I don't know tawdry word for it but it, it's just ballsy because this is the first time that we really get one of these single single hero movies if you will like mm-hmm. you know a standalone as opposed to one of the avengers movies where it thrusts itself just so prominently into the marvel cinematic universe as a tentpole movie mm-hmm. like this is so much of the rest of these movies will jump off from this point it's yeah. This, yeah. this is a tipping oh, yeah. point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's just a Captain America sequel. Oh yeah, you know that's yep. if if they can start doing this with all the other movies, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. If they can pull that off, and it seems like they're kind of going for that because the next Cap movie, the next Cap movie, Civil War, right? Um, I don't know what Thor Ragnarok's going to be like. There's no more Iron Man's, mm-hmm. uh, Guardians two. I don't know, but still, it's just really. <laughs> it was just so so hugely ambitious as just a cap sequel that it it did all these things. I will say that the prosthetics used in the scene where he visits Peggy Carter, 
uh, were atrocious. Oh, I, those are bad. They yeah. were really bad. I don't. Is it is it prosthetics? I think there's a little bit of CGI there too. There might be. I don't yeah. know, but I, it's. I, I think it, actually it's mostly CGI. It kind of okay. looked like Birdman. Uh, yeah, I think I remember you mentioning that, or maybe you were talking about something else. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's just it's it didn't take me out of the movie, but it was kind of like made me roll my eyes just a little bit. Um, and I don't think it was too necessary of a scene, really. Yeah, oh, I, do. I love that. It, I love how it pays off. I love that it's more like the only thing he loved is dying, and uh, yeah, that's true. I yeah. guess he's he's shaking off the last part of his past life. I sure, guess. so that's true. I think it's funny. Well, I guess funny that <laughs> this is the sequel to Captain America, and the next sequel to Captain America is going to be Civil War, and it just feels like they're really, really dis- distancing. Not that there's anything more story story wise to drive home from the from the World War Two era of Captain America, but I just feel like they're just you know, I, like that movie had was that first movie had such poor reception from from audiences that I feel like it's not forgotten because it's integral to the plot, but I think that just that that style is is gone, yeah. obviously. Um, sure. Yeah, which I'm said, so excited about Civil War. Civil War. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Um, and really briefly, just I forgot to mention this when I was talking about uh, Agent Carter. I almost said Aaron Carter, but um, <laughs> this is such a shame. And this is going to go on a rant, and we can I we can switch gears after this. But um, it's you know there's so much discussion going on about women in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they're depicted and all that stuff and mm-hmm. i i would love a a strong female driven role that isn't that isn't contingent on you know the men or anything like that and i don't mm-hmm. and all that. i would love that and agent carter the show it's the character is very strong i really love the character and haley atwell if she will return my calls she would be happy with me but <laughs> It's she and I'm sitting here talking about how I want a strong female role and I'm just, you know, objectifying the actress in it. Great. Good job, Matt. <laughs> so anyway, um but she's a very strong character. I really like how the dynamic in her show in her show between her and uh another character is very strong and very kind of like she's taking the lead and he's kind of this dopey guy. He's he's Howard Stark's butler who's named Jarvis. But anyway, at the end of the day, when I finished Agent Carter, I felt – I didn't feel guilty about this, but I felt like this is a shame because all I kept thinking was the spinoff for World War II or post-World War II era Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, TV show would have been better if it was focusing on the Howling Commandos. Um yeah. I felt like that would have been a stronger show. And it's such a shame because I really wanted Agent Carter to to really, you know – Break free from all the uh, criticism and stuff like that, and kind of mm-hmm. be a step in the in the right direction for gender equality in the cinematic universe. But it just it was it didn't do it for me. So anyway, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Um, tis good. Tis it good. is yeah. one one final like it could end up. It could end up be. You know me. I love grand statements. It could end sure. up being one of my favorite movies. Oh, I mean, ever definitely ever. It, could, it could work its way. It could wiggle its way into my top ten. Wow, nice. Worthy. Definitely worthy. Um yeah. um one thing I will say is that the winter like I think Mike you hinted at it that maybe the winter soldier was a little I don't know. Yeah, he was good. He was great. 
and the and the dynamic between him and Captain were was fantastic. Uh, my complaint about the Winter Soldier was that uh, when he takes off his mask, he's got a, a baby face. Like he was <laughs> scary and menacing. Up until he takes his mask off, and that's like, oh, sure, yeah, sure. Um, I I would go so far as to say that, my, like, if I were to draw complaints from it or think of how it could be better, is that the Winter Soldier isn't the villain. The villain is Hydra, and mm. I feel like that's a little like maybe the Winter Soldier is uh not quite a placeholder. <laughs> like, like he's a pawn. He's a he's a pawn. Yeah, and but at least he gives a lot of development to the main the the story and everything so it's not even it's a weak uh uh criticism at best yeah so yeah captain america the winter soldier really good movie uh i loved it and we all loved it yes we did so yeah um next one on the list is again in 2014 guardians of the galaxy and (laughs) I I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie, but I am I'm not going to shy away from some of the criticisms I have criticisms I have of it. Um yeah, please. So, how about just sh- should I just run, roll with it? Do it. Yeah. Okay, so what I I think when we were talking about Thor, um, I mentioned that it's it's really hard for I I kind of gave it the benefit of the doubt, saying that it, um, it's 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 kind of disconnected from the rest of the movies, and and it's it's a different universe, it's a different it's a different backstory for a different a much different character. What Guardians of the Galaxy does and does so freaking well is that it it takes us away from everything. And it's it's you know the only real tie to to what we've seen going forward is as the Infinity Stone um, and Thanos and stuff like that. But other than that, it's it's completely out of what we've seen. And and it's and this is probably due to James Gunn uh, being so so awesome with this movie. It's. It's a crowd pleaser. It's a crowd pleaser. I, I I love this movie, but I'm not going to. Okay, so my criticisms of it, I'm all over the place. I apologize, but my criticisms of it is it falls, it falters in the villain. Ronan the Accuser is is a pawn, also much much like the Winter Soldier to an extent, but it's he's not he's not integral to the plot. He's just he's just he's hollow. Like I don't I don't like his arc because I don't really have any, he's kind of a cookie cutter villain for me. Um, there's nothing that really sets him apart. And I think that the movie kind of really struggles with, with reconciling that with a really fantastic, uh, team building movie kind of dynamic. So what do you guys think? I, I agree with you all the way. Um, the, for me, the movie is about, uh, let's go with what works. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the best it is the best use of a superhero team that i've ever seen and i mean nice. it, even since seeing age of ultron mm-hmm. the way they mm-hmm. come together and the fact that the only way they're not killed by the infinity gem at the end of the movie is that all all of them have to work together to hold on to the thing right. like t- i got t- i teared up because of that scene mm-hmm. i mean that is a perfect example of of uh, uh, team building and team 
uh, using. I don't know what word I'm looking for. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's like it felt it felt to me as if that was the point of the movie they wanted to get to. And so Ronan was uh, the means by which they get to that scene. And yeah. it could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I think is kind of what you're saying. I, I, I wish there was more to say about Ronan. There's, there's, we get more about his daughters or, uh, Thanos's, uh, stepdaughters or adopted yeah. daughters. Um, and there are, they have more of an arc mm-hmm. than Ronan does. Absolutely. He's a thug. Oh yeah. Tiny, what were your thoughts? Um, wow, that threw me off. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, uh, Ronan was, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think we said that when we talked about it. Last time he was just, he, yeah, he was another placeholder. He was another another Loki, except to even less effect than Loki and the Avengers and and the other Thor movies. Um, he just he just offered nothing. Uh, that that that's the biggest flaw of the movie, in my opinion. But uh, I think I think what what the movie achieved besides that overshadows that failure or that flaw, um, because not only did you establish these five five new characters but they came together as a team in in a whole in one whole movie you know you, you establish five characters and then bring them together in what i agree completely with what completely with what mike said that it was arguably the best team building and and, and team work, example of teamwork in a superhero movie that's been achieved yet as far as the movies go anyways mm-hmm. um that's a, that's just a, a massive achievement uh especially given that this is you know, it's part of the, this is going to be part of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, it is technically, but like like Matt right. was saying, it's kind of in this first movie, it was it was established away from that yeah. that universe really, or that's it's just a whole different it's a different galaxy that needed to be <laughs> guarded. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it it just had that it had such a, a great feel to it. Mm. Um, the music was good. Oh God, that soundtrack. <laughs> I really, really hate how accurate the Honest Trailer is, though. Um, Honest Trailers, oh, it's it's hilarious. But Honest Trailers does this whole thing where 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 their whole thing with with Guardians of the Galaxy, if I'm remembering correctly, they just call it Space Avengers, <laughs> and they call they call out all the parallels between this movie and the Avengers, and how it's kind of a kind of a. I hesitate to say run of the mill Marvel cinematic universe, Marvel studios movie, but I mean, that's kind of like what they were saying. And it, I mean, it works cause, cause the, the chemistry between the characters and the, the way that the movie was shot and the soundtrack, like all these elements all put together makes just an incredibly exciting, fresh and awesome, the uh, blockbuster. But if you strip all that away, kind of the blueprint of it kind of follows a set, uh, a, a set schedule, or, or kind of it hits it hits a lot of marks that are prevalent throughout the rest of the MCU movies, and right. it's 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 a because the packaging is so goddamn pretty <laughs> it's hard to really call that out as as a as a as anything that would that would degrade the movie 
too much, but it yeah. is present. Well, and it's it's so stylized. It's it doesn't feel like a Joss Whedon movie. Right, right. You know what I mean? Joss Whedon and and, and uh, James Gunn are so different style. Well, pretty different stylistically. They're both right. comic book nerds. Yeah. But they have their. You can tell when you're watching a Joss Whedon movie and when yeah. you're watching. You know, they're just they're different. So right. That's what sets it apart. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of wondering if um, now that now that Iron Man centric movies are done, I don't think they're they're not going to make an Iron Man four, as far as I know. Not they would, they in Phase Three, at least. Yeah, they would have announced it. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder if uh, Rocket Raccoon is kind of going to be take over as like the new Tony Stark <laughs> kind of per- persona a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't just because he was so funny and everybody just started quoting him like right away. Uh, he became like a meme. He's really damn smart too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just I, I kind of wonder about that. How, how much these characters are going to take over? I never thought of that. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I think that's fair though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Mike. What 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 are any final thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? Should we should we discuss it more? Not really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still it's still so fresh, and I think everybody kind of agrees. Mm-hmm. Um. They, at least there's not there's not a whole lot I can say in a couple minutes that I wouldn't rather do if we did a whole hour on <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. But sure, um, it's good. I, I you know I think it's easy that summer to compare Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy, and mm-hmm. I've and I've always kind of been on the Captain America side, but sure. I can't fault anybody for loving Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's just so damn fun. Oh, it's it's the most fun that I had at a movie in, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good deal. Uh, yeah. So that's guardians of the galaxy. And finally we're getting to the big one, the, the big most recent one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we should say, by the way, that we're going to get extremely spoiler heavy. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Avengers age of Ultron. We're, we're going to, s- should we we'll do we'll do broad broad stuff and then we'll warn you when we move into spoilers because we will move into spoilers because i mean come on everyone's probably seen it but just to be safe so anyway avengers age of ultron came out and uh real quickly how did you guys watch it me and tiny saw it together yep we saw the double feature with avengers and avengers age of ultron and like within how was that was it too much no, it wasn't Not for me. It wasn't, and it was, uh, you know, sp- uh, it was both in 3D because we're idiots and we don't know how to uh, buy advanced tickets, or we didn't think to buy advanced tickets for the one on the south side that's in 2D, and uh-huh. that <laughs> because that sold out like a week before the the night. But yeah, it's it, I, what I'll say, and I don't know if this is a bigger credit to the movies themselves or if it's a credit to like me adjusting to the 3d culture we're in. Um, are we, this is an, or, that's another discussion, but that's a, I think yeah. we're out of this 3d culture. Yeah. Yeah. No movies are not filmed in 3d anymore. That's over. That's true. Right? Well, until the avatar sequels come out and fingers yeah. crossed flop, but um, not that I'm active, actively rooting against them. I just hate James Cameron, but <laughs> Anyway, uh, what I'll what I'll say what I'm getting at is that I don't know if this is I'm acclimating to just you know being forced to watch 3D movies occasionally or if this is just a credit to the movies. But by the end of Age of Ultron, like my eyes didn't hurt or anything like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, probably the biggest problem I had with the experience of seeing them back to back is that within about 20 minutes into the first movie, I really had to take a piss. 
and uh, I I didn't want to step on people's toes, like literally step on people's toes was um, uh, like as we were in kind of the middle. So I had to wait. The whole yeah. movie? Pretty much, yeah. I, I'm okay. I'm 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 embellishing a little bit. Like it was probably within you the first wore diapers. The, yes, you just let it out. Yes, yes. The <laughs> I had a bottle with me. To me, the movie really didn't feel like six hours in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the experience, the little feature, it it right. felt it felt fluid to me. I, I wasn't physically or mentally exhausted by the end. Uh, mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Good. Mike, how did you watch it? Because I know that you had a Beatles co- or Beatles. I did. We cover. saw the the Vegas's number one Beatles tribute band, the Fab Four, on Thursday night. It was also the draft. So, oh, like, yeah. in between songs, I would check my phone to see, uh, like, who who had selected which player. The NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Uh, I- and I should also note my last name is White. My brother's name is Kevin, mm-hmm. and the Bears drafted a player named Kevin White. So I we're all that. super, super excited about that. <laughs> I um, saw that. I will say, I, I wanted to make a really quick stupid joke, but I'm glad that none of us are going to Vietnam. Because it was the draft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. 50 years ago. Um, so that, anyway, that has nothing to do with seeing Avengers. So I did not get to see it on Thursday night, which mm-hmm. I suppose is technically opening night these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did buy a solo ticket, saw it by myself. This is the third time I've ever seen a movie by myself. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Huh. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got tickets, so I bought an IMAX ticket to 3.30. It was the earliest showing, so I had other plans that evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after school, sped out of there. Um, went home, and so there's assigned seats uh, with the with IMAX, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I get my ticket, and I sit down next to like these young uh, hipster type. You know, they they were talking about bicycling type oh. dudes. Okay. Oh, okay. God. And so I'm like, you know what? This is all right. This isn't so bad. But it's like the theater is pretty empty, and then there's these. You know, there's there's sparingly there are people spread about, but. It's these three guys. And then I sit down right next to one of them because that's my seat. Oh. To my right are about 10 empty seats. And in front of me is a whole row of empty seats. So I'm like, oh, geez. All right. Well, I'll, I'll see what happens. And so about three trailers in, I turn to the guy to my left and say, hey, listen, if, if nobody shows up and this thing gets started, I'm going to move over and know that it's not you. It's me. <laughs> right? I love it. <laughs> Thanks. And so I'm, I'm like planning, I'm, I'm getting ready. Every time there's a new trailer, I'm like, all right, this is the one. I'm going to move. I'm going to move. And as I'm about to, like during the Jurassic Park trailer, or it might have been like the end of the Tomorrowland preview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I turn to the guy, like about ready to say it, and a group of mm, like 30, oh. six to eight year olds. Oh, oh, no. Come into the theater. <laughs> Damn. That sucks. And so they're wandering, obviously, aimlessly, because what kid has any aim? Uh, <laughs> and they're just looking around, and they're trying to figure it out, and they're bumping into things, and they're spilling the popcorn out <sighs> of their kitty combos, and oh. it's just, it's everything you might have imagined. <laughs> uh, but then they sat down, and in fact, one of the chaperones sat down next to me, uh, and she was probably in her 50s. Um, and so, uh, her, her, 
her English was not very good. So like I would hear her make comments during the movie and she, she would like, she was liking it. She liked the movie. Nice. Uh, and surprisingly these kids were, were very well behaved. So nice. Uh, I will say that it, it turned out to be not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. That's good. Good. Um, I will say one thing, and this is really briefly just a joke that I want to throw out there, but, and I said that I wouldn't do this, but, um, I will say that the theater th- during the previews and everything, like a lot of people got really, really excited about that uh, that one movie with the old man and the bear at the end. Um, I don't know what the deal was. The old man and the bear. Yeah. Star Wars. How they came home or something. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, because the, the Jurassic Park trailer played, and it was like, yeah, yeah not much of a reaction. Right. But then as soon as you saw Lucasfilm pull up on the screen people gasped yeah and people well, applauded I, at the I end i would be willing to bet that it's the first time oh most of them had seen that in theater it is yeah. oh yeah and it, it was the first time i saw uh, like i i i enjoyed i loved seeing it in the theater and everything i'm just being oh snarky. did you did you love it i did it was <laughs> did it was really a lot like of fun lot? i you know there was no jar jar there was no senate scene or anything like that so i, uh. I don't i'm reserving judgment but i mean we'll see fingers crossed <laughs> Um, okay. So anyway, so age of Ultron, um, before we get into it, just again, I, cause we're, we're stalling this really long, but, uh, I want to say that uh, agents of shield actually set it up beautifully. It, it's actually, I really liked the way that the la- most recent episode as the episode that aired before age of Ultron was released. It really leads in really well to age of Ultron. So, um, broad thoughts on age of Ultron, and then we'll go right into spoilers. We'll, we'll, you know, uh, alert you guys to the spoilers, but I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, uh, some really great comedic moments and a lot of heart. Uh, there were some issues I had with how they, how they handled some characters. And I thought that they could have, they could have been a little bit handled. It could have been a little less on the nose with, with certain aspects to it, but Overall, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the villain was more uh, was more to my liking than Loki was in the first one. His motivation was clear, and it it was just a really really great dynamic. And I loved seeing the team work together instead of like going through the whole team like building exercise thing from the first one. I feel like that really opened this movie up to. Um, showing them working together as a team as opposed to going through the whole like, oh, well, we can't be a team because we, we were butting heads on everything. It's more like, no, we're buds. Here, try to pick up my hammer. Um, to- Except for some of it. That's And, and hmm. I'll, I'll save this for the spoilery stuff. Okay. But, um, overall, oh, okay, I sure. kind of have to echo a lot of what you say. There were some parts that I loved. There were some some parts that were, I, I'd call, favorites of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I agree that I think Ultron worked better than Loki. I think he's one of the better villains, but um, I don't think he worked in every aspect. I think, I think he lacked some things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk about that too much until we put the spoiler alert out. Right. Um, I love, I, I think with a cast of characters this big, the, some of the drawbacks to this kind of, kind of movie are pretty obvious. I think, um, that while, that while the team is handled well enough, I think, 
Um, there are, you know, there are the obvious struggles, but overall, I really liked it. Uh, I've been telling people that I think I like it more than the first one. Uh, we do get some Easter eggs this time around, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um, and, and I think it works. Um, I'm also excited to see what a different director will do next time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tiny. Uh, I also loved it very much. Uh, nice. I have not decided if, if I like it more than the, the first Avengers. I, I can't. I just can't pick right now. I, I need to see it again. Um, but it, it, it's, it's going to be a close call. Um, I thought it was terrific. The, uh, you know, there, I had some issues with it too. The, the, the climax and, and some of the setup, um, Ultron was pretty great. Uh, he, I think this is a, a villain that was deserving of an Avengers movie finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really probably one of the best villains we've seen if not the best uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Uh, it, it was just so good. It, it was it was like you could almost qualify the movie as a comedy because it was so funny throughout. Um, just just some of the best comedy that I, th- I think we've seen in, in this uh, this series. Um, I loved it a lot. I, I, I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, same here. And I'm planning on seeing it again. Yep, we'll see it again tomorrow. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, so now that we got broad discussions out of the way, let's, let's go ahead and jump into spoilers. If you haven't seen Age of Ultron yet, uh, hey, why, why are you listening to this episode? But, uh, if not, if you, uh, if you, if you've seen it, keep listening. If not, come back, uh, and check the, check the timestamps because we have a, a big, um, announcement after, after the discussion of Age of Ultron. So check the timestamps and all that and, uh, spoilers. My favorite scene in the movie, you guys. Okay. Early on, when they're trying to, when they're playing at Avengers Tower, and they're all a little tipsy, but not too tipsy. They're superheroes, of course. And they're trying to lift up Thor's hammer. (laughs) Yes. I love Captain America. He is easily my favorite Avenger. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anytime he gets to shine... And, of course, he gets to shine in the Winter Soldier. That's why I love it so much. But anytime we see why he's kind of the best of them, um, I, I just I, – I, I get giddy. And so they're all trying to lift it up. I love that um, Tony asks Rhodey to help him, and they both have on their Iron Man uh, War Machine gauntlets, and they're lifting up. But then Steve Rogers gets up there. And it moves a little bit. And the look on Thor's face when it moves a little bit is awesome. I mean, I was, there wasn't a whole lot of crowd participation with the movie. Um, but I, I did like a, yeah, it was awesome. That, yeah, but I, I think I, I, uh, I said leaving the movie, I was like, I would watch an entire movie that's just them at, them at a party. Yes, um, yeah. just hanging out. That'd be so funny. Oh, uh, that and that's that was so so good, so it's funny. Just, that's a perfect scene. That is, oh, a, yeah. that is a, that is the type of scene that really, I don't want to say it only works in a movie, but it works best in a movie. You can't really, they don't really slow down that much in the comics, or at least mm-hmm. that 
it's not that clever when they slow down. Um, but just to show in a in a wink, in a cheeky way, how these people react together, but also that Captain America is is the best of them all at the same time was just yeah. awesome. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you guys think of Black Widow and uh, Bruce Banner? And is it safe to say that they're just completely ignoring the Incredible Hulk as, as a movie? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I understand that. Yeah, I think Universal or someone, or maybe Paramount, uh, still has the rights to a standalone Hulk movie, and that's why they haven't gotten one. But mm. I mean, it's you know. It's, it was welcome. I, I what did you guys think of it? Yeah, I, I think I, I think it was a good direction to go because mm-hmm. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but I think the Avengers movies themselves, the you know Avengers: Age of Ultron and then Infinity Wars, uh, they they lack a love story kind of, <laughs> and sure. it's kind of nice to see them. I mean, even though we're dudes and we like to see <laughs> blow up and and all that. Um, it's kind of. I think it it makes language. Sense. Sorry. <laughs> For oh, gosh man. sakes, watch your language. <laughs> um, but I I think it's. I just think it makes sense, and I like the way this one was handled. The only problem is it was. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it wasn't really established. It's just. It's sort of like in the, the opening scene where they're you know laying siege to this. Uh, this remnant of uh, Hydra, yeah. um, which was terrific. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love the fact that there's this uh, black widow does this little lullaby thing with, with Hulk. And that was great. I love that, but it just comes out of nowhere that like, it's just blatantly on the screen that like she has feelings for him. It wasn't established. It just pops up and it's there. And it, it like I said, it makes sense it just seemed like they could have built up to it a little bit. I, I didn't think there was much building to it. It's, okay. it's a minor gripe. I don't mind it so much. It was just a little, you know, they have to manage their time so tightly with this movie because there's so much in it. Sure. So I can't fault them too much. But My, not counter to that, but I, I will say that I didn't get that feeling. Oh, really? um, because, I mean, there there weren't like hints, there weren't necessarily hints, overt hints at it in the first one. But I mean, they, you know, uh, uh, Natasha and Bruce had this kind of thing going, uh, at least a little bit in the first movie. Like, the, like she's the one that got got him into the uh, in into the the fold, and then she was there when he transformed, and she was like kind of comforting him and all that. It was kind of a precursor to their dynamic in this movie. And I mean, I guess the I I mean, I guess I can see where you're, I can see where you're coming from. That yeah, it is kind of sudden that it's a romantic relationship, but there's i didn't have a problem with it mike what do you think sorry yeah uh, um i don't know maybe i come down somewhere in the middle not not that you guys were all that split yeah um, <laughs> but yeah it, it it seemed a little it seemed a little strange that it just kind of happened that way that they that they were already kind of together before uh the movie started but also i i agree that they they need to do that um i do they kind of joke about how she's flirtatious, you know. Uh, uh, Tony Stark does that, or not Tony Stark? Um, Captain America does it and says he, you know, I, I've seen her flirt. But there, I don't know that they necessarily needed a, a love story. I don't. I, I kind of feel bad 
that the lone female character has to be pawned off with one of the other characters. True, yeah. Um, sure. Not that they objectify her. I, I think they do a very good job of... I mean, she's a badass by all means. Mm. And I don't think the love story defines her, but um, I don't know. It, it seemed it seemed kind of obvious. It seemed kind of inevitable that they would do that. And so um, in a movie that doesn't always go with obvious, it was kind of, I don't want to say disappointing, but... Um, not my not my favorite thing i guess well okay. well and to build on that you know that this is sort of a that that lo- throwing her into that sort of default role is a bit is a bit predictable and sort of not misogynistic or chauvinist but you know it's just it's just it's it's a statement on the the, the state of female roles in in movies these days mm-hmm. but at the same time this is like the first movie where we really get like True backstory on Natasha Romanoff. Yeah, she that's has, true. You know, in her little Scarlet Witch right. dream, she she goes back and thinks about her time at the the school. Did you guys read today all the interviews with Joss Whedon? I well, no. It's I, okay. So so I just recorded with uh, Matt Quiet and and Shirley from the Nerds Domain. They're they're doing a a new podcast about Star Trek. It's the episode's not going to air until November, but uh, it, the the podcast is called There Are Four Lights. Uh, check it out, but w- when it eventually comes out, but uh, we got on a tangent, and I th- can't remember if it was when we were recording or not. But uh, they were telling me about it, and apparently, like a lot of the backlash or, or some of the critics of of people, because to put it into context, Joss Whedon quit Twitter because yeah, right. of people, you know, screaming at him. And yeah. one of the complaints, I guess, was that they felt like. By having Black Widow tell or having Natasha tell Bruce that she was sterile and she can never have have a baby and all that, that they felt like that was like, well, um, not all women want to have babies. And that's not the only reason that that women are here. And it's like Ugh. that's that's not the point of the scene no. at all. It's it's like she's sharing a traumatic thing from her past and connecting using and like that's a way to connect with Bruce and it's like that's right. not like it's not for her at all. No. It's like it, you could maybe use that as a critique for for Hulk Bruce saying, you know, you can't have like he him, him saying that you can't have kids or I can't have kids. And she's thinking, well, I can't anyway. That's not the point. Here's right. some story about me. So it was a it was a moment of vulnerability. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it, anyway, it's pretty clear Maybe it's not pretty clear. I I take it that uh, Joss is glad to be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. And so those scenes, um, those dream sequences, he actually there was a lot. He wanted a lot more of those. Really? Yeah, oh. and he he kind of had to fight to keep those in. And mm-hmm. um, there was more. They wanted more of the scene where where Thor kind of goes off on his own little thing goes to that pool mm-hmm. they wanted more of that and he didn't think it fit uh, and i agree with him I, agree. I, I think it's kind of a a strange tangent yeah, yeah was. that was one of the things that i wasn't too fond of in the finished movie is that i thought that, uh-huh. that was that was just way too like okay well you know there's robots that are about to that are going crazy and everything oh i better go visit uh the dude for my movies and then go swimming uh-huh. make him watch me go <laughs> swimming i, I thought that yeah. was just so silly yeah. and weird <laughs> Yeah. And just a, a weird. It was, and, but and so it's universe building, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, 
So he wanted to do the farm and the studio didn't love the whole farm scene. And they basically mm-hmm. said, you have to choose. You can either keep in the, the, um, the Thor stuff and then you can keep your farm stuff. Or if you get rid of the thing, then you don't get the farm stuff. So, mm-hmm. which I'm glad, I'm glad they kept the farm stuff. No, me too. Yeah, it was better. Yeah. Uh, to kind of go back to us talking about, um, Natasha and Bruce, uh, first of all, you know, Bruce telling, like responding to her, telling him that she's, uh, she can't have kids. And by telling her to like calling her a bitch and slapping her and telling her to go back to the kitchen was just really weird. But <laughs> anyway, um, that didn't happen. But, um, nice. So, but no, uh, um, the one hindrance to that, to that romantic subplot was that it felt like in the first movie that they were really building up, you know, a romantic relationship between Hawkeye and, uh, Natasha. Yeah. And now they're now in this movie, they're, they're best friends and we get backstory on, on Clint, 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 yeah. yeah. Clint Barton. And Clint Barton. And you know, I didn't have a problem with the backstory. I thought it was, I thought it was, I, I didn't see it coming. I honestly didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. But man, I felt like I, I was so prepared to be so pissed off if they if they killed him off because yeah. they were laying it on so thick. And even as a misdirect, it doesn't really it, it, it kind of leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because, I mean, it's OK to mislead the audience, but to be so heavy handed with it, I feel is a a really, really big misstep in in storytelling because he says that said that was his goal really <laughs> he wanted you to believe that he was going to die see there's and ways... then i also my friend dustin by the way who mm-hmm. will probably listen to this episode hi dustin mm-hmm. hi dustin uh he liked it he liked really? the, the misdirect yeah bye dustin actually um... <laughs> that. no what he said was uh he wished that hawkeye would have died Wow. So I would have been, I would have been so mad. And like, the, I don't have a problem with them, with him intentionally building something up to mislead us into thinking that they're going to die. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, hell, a Joss Whedon movie in which a character is, is built up to like they're going to die and then them not dying is, is a really big credit. Uh, nothing against Quicksilver, but mm-hmm. he, the way that he did it, I mean, just like, oh, hey, by the way, Hawkeye has this whole secret family, and oh, you know, pretty his pretty wife has has a baby on the way, and oh, she might name him after N- Natasha. Oh, but it's a boy, and it's like, it's like, okay, you're there's like you're showing us that there's that he has something to lose, and it's it's well, and to add to that, uh, to know. the heavy handedness in the the climax of the movie. They show like the slow a slow motion scene where he's about to sacrifice himself yeah. to save a child, and just out of nowhere, Quicksilver just hops in <laughs> and you know just takes the bullet for him, literally. I bullets. did. Oh, and early on, you know, they're saying, you know, he's talking to Tony Stark. You know, one of us, we're not, we're not all gonna make it out of this alive. Yeah, yeah. right. And and I did like I did like the kind of cheeky or the tongue in cheek uh, Quicksilver line, like you didn't see this. Didn't see this coming, did you? Or something like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, Whedon. All right, settle <laughs> down, buddy. Yeah. We didn't, but I'm still a little ticked. It was just um, too thick. Yeah. Too 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 heavy handed. Yeah. Thick. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, yeah, so I'm curious how I'll feel about it on repeat viewings now that I know because I spent I literally spent the entire time thinking like they're gonna kill him, they're gonna they're <laughs> gonna kill him, and that that's not no. I mean, they can't bring him back like like uh, they're yeah. it's not gonna be able to bring him back again like uh, uh, so. Coulson. What did you guys think of uh, Quicksilver? Speaking of deaths, Quicksilver's death uh, and and Scarlet Witch. Um, tiny. I really liked Scarlet Witch. I thought what they achieved with that character uh, in this one movie was really impressive. I mean, yeah. just she she had a lot of depth in in this one movie. Um, Quicksilver, not so much. Uh, but yeah, it's easy, right? Because we're supposed to compare right Quicksilver yeah. to the X Men universe. Uh, and I got to give the nod to the X-Men Quicksilver. Definitely. You know, I, I will too, but I will say that with a caveat that it's the odds are stacked against uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson in, in any case. Because, I mean, with with uh, with Evan Peters in, in X-Men, I mean, we get that one little scene. And that's it's such a perfect sequence. It's such a perfect way to just yeah. bring in a character and take him out. Not take him out, but like not not have one contained scene with one character, and it's it was pulled off so beautifully. But the problem with Quicksilver in Avengers is he has the entire movie. He has he has there's a there's enough chances for him to you know like mm-hmm. it's it's the odds are stacked against him that we're going to prefer him over over X-Men. But he, yeah, he not only has to fill the shoes of the the character that's already been established in X-Men, but he also has to fit in with these all these other characters that are exactly. already there. So yeah, he, he there was no way he could have really done it. Yeah. yeah. And I I didn't have a problem with with either of them. Uh, I thought that they were great. I thought that they were really good additions to to the cast and to the dynamic and everything like that. And I liked one thing that I really 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 liked in this movie was that they are they are with Ultron. They're they're working against the Avengers. They have they have their reasons and all that. But then it's as soon as they notice like, "Oh, oh, oh, okay, this guy, you know, yep. he's a little crazy." Like it's immediate. They switch sides and they're they're fine. Like I yeah. I respect the hell out of Joss Whedon for that because it's such an it, it could have been played for like this really like they could have been held captive. They could have they could have wrestled with their feelings. Oh, we could take down Stark, but oh, he's gonna destroy the humanity. And it's it was it's just such a quick thing. Like it's such a quick silver thing. It's such a quick thing <laughs> that it's it it was so pleasant that they didn't go the melodramatic route with it. And I really appreciated that in this yep, movie. Me too. It, Same uh, here. Yeah, it felt like it was it felt like it was smarter. It was it was smarter. It it showed that the, it showed that the there was a respect with the audience for that. And I really liked that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to comment on the science of the movie, um, just, just the fact it, it seemed kind of um, just very rushed that we went from like, from like Jarvis to AI in like 10 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and they did it using, using some Hydra like software or technology. Yeah, or I gotta say, I don't fully understand everything that happened. Right. It's, it's yeah. It was. It was, it was too, a little muddled. It they just, play it very fast and loose with exactly what Vision is. Right. Mm. It was just. Who, too, by the way, I love. And I love how Vision got his name. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. yeah. It. It was just. It was just too far fetched that it happened mm-hmm. so quickly and that mm-hmm. things just jumped off, just so so rapidly and fell into these slots so quickly. It just. So there was that, and then just the, um, 
the thing, the climax where the city is rising into the air, mm-hmm. there was just like no science there. They were just like, yeah, it's going to fall and explode because science. And it's, yeah, I just yeah. didn't really, and there was, there was science there, but it was like, it was like a blink and you'll miss it kind of like explanation. Yeah. Like I yeah. wish that it would have been that, more. I, that, that I can buy. I can buy that it would kill all the people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the way that it was presented, it was, it was too brief, but it, I wish it would have been more, the stakes would have been established more. I mean, there's a couple scenes of dialogue like, oh, this is going to cause an extinction level event and it'll be like that. And it's like, okay, cool. We're on board. But it's like. You know, give a little bit more suspense to that. Build it, it was, up a little more. It was the slow crawling laser from James Bond. <laughs> you know, that's, sure. it was literally yeah. just a slowly moving into the air. You know, it's 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 a ticking clock. Yeah, and it's just kind of a little simple for this. Given how complicated the science was, it was overly simplistic. I think. Yeah, and and not it's that's a minor qualm. I didn't. I thought it, sure. it, it's cool. There's a whole city that flies into the air. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's just minor qualm. And to go back to what you said about the science of, of Ultron and all that, I, I was really, I felt like it would have been a lot cleaner. And maybe this is my expectations going in, but I felt like it would have been a lot cleaner if Ultron was like an established thing that, that he had already, like, that Tony had already been working on and everything like that, the Ultron program. Mm-hmm. And maybe bringing in the scepter and yeah. introducing that to it is what corrupted it and made it like that. I thought that would have been a much cleaner way to do it instead of being like, oh, we have the scepter for three days. We can we can do a cool montage and really do this Ultron thing. I felt like that was just a lot of unnecessary um, a st- unnecessary shoehorning in plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Quick. Yeah, it, it was, and it was a little. They could have they could have cut out a lot of the setup and made it a lot more streamlined by doing what I just said. Um, Agreed. But I'm just a podcaster in Indianapolis. But <laughs> yeah, um, what did you guys think of Ultron though the, as a villain? I you know I've I've had time to think about. Initially, um, I wasn't crazy about him. I, I mm. love I love his motivation. That was very clean. Uh, I thought he looked great. I thought the action was fantastic. And I thought the dialogue was good. Um, but I didn't... He he lost some of his menace when he started to get a little quippy. <laughs> a little funny. True. I agree. Go ahead. Um, and so after time, after thinking about it, I was like, well, he was created by Tony Stark. And so, you know, we get him kind of borrowing lines from Tony Stark uh, in the middle when, when, he, when he is making who, who, the man who would be Claw. Um, by cutting his arm off, but uh, and he and he says, you know, that's a that's something I heard from Tony Stark. That kind of um, that that makes sense then that he he's really just being Tony Stark. He's a robot version of Tony Stark. But yeah. some of it felt a little too little too jokey. He wasn't as scary anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And also, and this is huge spoiler, but we've already warned you. Uh, the movie ends very very easily. Like, what's to stop him from just? Um, Air, air, sending his knowledge to another computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they didn't do a really good job of establishing um, how he operates, and because he's mm-hmm. like they 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 went through and said like, oh, oh, like he's in the internet and he's traveling, he's everywhere, you know, he's gone, right, right. But it's like, okay, so how do you stop him? I like I don't right. understand how that. Yeah, it was it was a little. It was a little tricky there, and I feel like they could have done a little bit better with that. Yeah, yep. he he would have like holed up in a 
he would have holed up in a satellite in space somewhere. Yeah. Something like that. Cool. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I liked him too. I, I couldn't help but like him, which is definitely bias on my part because I, I gave for James Spader. Um, <laughs> he's just amazing. And I, I really liked, again, I, I think the steps they took with the character were great because like the whole part where he was getting ready to essentially transfer his consciousness into the the weird hybrid mechanical, basically a, a T-1000 type thing. <laughs> uh, uh, that that was like, that was kind of wor- like worrisome. You know, you, you really felt the stakes there of why he needed to be stopped because that would be really bad. Um, and then just from there, how he recovers from it, you know, he's like, well, I can't, I can't beat them, so I'll just destroy them kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked I liked the desperation of his character and how he how he was kind of a man, kind of a mad scientist. You could see that he was, you know, he he was in his infancy and was still learning, even though he was, you know, he he had access to so so much information mm-hmm. instantaneously. We see that when he's born, in quotes, when he was born, right. he just downloads all this knowledge instantaneously, and um, even with that, he still doesn't. He's still kind of like a baby, which is a weird way to say it. Yeah. He's still he's still infantile. Yeah, um, yeah. still learning how social so people interact and stuff right. like that. Um, just I thought it was a, a really good balance, a, a delicately created character. Sure, and I, I agree with you, Mike, that he did get pretty quippy. Yeah, me too. And I, I think part of that, part of my, uh, part of my gut reaction of being like, okay, that's a little much, was that the. It could have been the marketing was was really playing him up as being a menacing villain. True. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I feel like that was just a disservice to what he ended up being. And right. I I enjoyed like I thought that I thought that some of his reactions like when when he you know chopped off the guy's arm or when when he like killed when he would kill someone he's like oh oh I'm sorry like like he did he did those kind of things and it like that gave like a certain uh, that erratic shift in in tone uh, really gave him a little bit of a, a a menacing quality that isn't what was menacing about his depiction in the marketing, but it, it's menacing, menacing in its own, in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also if, if, if we want to leapfrog over to, to talk about vision, um, uh, our friend Pat from, from the nerds you're looking for, he, he mentioned to me when we were texting about it, he was like, once, once vision came about, uh, Ultron really wasn't, that big of a threat or anything like he was kind right. of pointless so it's kind of like i felt like that was a hindrance to it too but what did you guys think of vision mike you said that you you loved his uh inclusion in the movie i did um i don't love that he was able to lift thor's hammer i get plot wise why it had to happen mm-hmm. um and i and i like that they uh semi try to explain it i guess you know uh, he's a machine and then you put in an elevator an elevator goes up and it's not worthy that that was fun um but for me, that just took away from the Captain America scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it as more of a, a like I I enjoyed it as a callback, and it was a really kind of clean. It was a really cool way to to just put a complete end to the arguments over whether or not he can be trusted in anything. Because it's yeah. like, and it's such a nonchalant thing. Like, all right, we need to do this <laughs> whatever and he hands it to Thor. Yes, um, it was it was a nice. Uh, it was an it was a nice it was a nice bit of callback and and comedy in it and I love that it led to um, Thor 
<laughs> Thor's big, big moment with with Ultron, where where he's like, as long as there is, as long as there is breath air in my in my breast, I w- and I've run out of words to say. Are you ready yet? <laughs> yeah. I I absolutely loved that. That might be like that might be my second or third favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a lot of those that, uh, oh, yeah. uh, and I think even more than the first one, just mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better term, I'll call them comic book moments. Mm-hmm. Just moment moments where you where you would turn to a friend and just oh that's awesome oh that's oh, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. they did that mm-hmm. um just kind of like I love the team combo scenes you know what I mean moments where mm-hmm. they would um you know deflect lightning off of Captain America's shield that's yeah. so awesome it's so cool it is yeah yeah and we got that even in the in the beginning I loved that first battle but like that was oh, such a Jesus, great way to bring us in through the woods oh so yeah. awesome so cool so awesome great choreography oh yeah well oh. and and in the climactic battle when the uh when Iron Man vision and Thor are each shooting their respective streams of energy at mm-hmm. Ultron at the same time yes that just yeah. looked so freaking it cool it really did yeah. I love and I love the Ultron's like you know with the benefit of hindsight boom <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's if, if anything else this was such a fun movie yeah it was it was, it was it was just kind of in terms of fun action and all that. It was what I wanted it to be. And it had a lot of heart to it. I really loved uh, Hawkeye's moment with um, with Scarlet Witch when she was freaking out. And he's like, yeah. and I, I, I absolutely adore the line where he's like, where he's like, uh, I can't remember exactly what he says. But it's like, we're out, we're out manned. Uh, we're surrounded by robots. I have a bow and arrow. Um, <laughs> He's like, this doesn't make sense right it now. It doesn't make sense right now. <laughs> and it, it was such a great, it, it was, that was a great back and forth between, between them. And I, yeah, yeah. it was a good fan service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, that's, it was, what that's what everybody says. Like, why is our guy with bow and arrow with Hulk <laughs> and Thor? You know, he's a fish. He's not really, he doesn't really fit in. That right. Well. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, any other topics, Mike, do you have anything more about age of Ultron? I don't think so. I I can't wait to see it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all kind of need to let it sit in, set in for a little while. Absolutely, we, right. Like I mentioned last week, I'm I've been doing these reviews of of all the movies, um, and that's one of the reasons I was so frustrated with not being able to find a copy of Thor: The Dark World. But like, I'm not even I'm not even prepping a review for it until I see it a second time because I know that it's it's too hyped up. I'm yep. too I'm too in that like honeymoon phase of the new movie. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> well, it's so dense and yeah. Man. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, uh, one final, <laughs> one final thing. Um, what did you guys think of the ending? Like, okay. Okay. So, so they kind of establish a, a new set of Avengers, I, I guess. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's kind of, yeah. Which, which I'm all for, and that's really cool. But what I'm, not really understanding is why don't any of them have movies in phase three? I, yeah. I kind of thought that's a little that's weird, but, um, I can't, I can't overstate just how much enjoyment I got out of that last line from Captain America where he said, where he's about to, he says Avengers and then it cuts to, cuts to credits. I, I thought that was such a fun moment and like the entire, the entire theater just groaned. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I yeah, was just I, so sad. I feel like my theater didn't quite get that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, by the way, that scene, 
Um, when mm-hmm. they filmed it, Chris Evans didn't even say assemble. He didn't? Because, no, he didn't. Uh. Um, because he wanted to... Uh, he <laughs> Whedon said he ha- he knew that some producer would say, oh. um, you know, you cut the line out or something like that. And so he wanted to make it clear that that was intentional. Right. That's intentional. smart. I'll probably, I kind of like it, yeah. Fun. I'll probably cut uh, the opening of this episode with the obsessive viewer... Po- <laughs> um yeah. awesome. anyway uh so yeah uh yeah i get uh thanos made an appearance that was yep. a really cool yeah. line we got to see the yeah. gauntlet yeah 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 Pretty so cool. that'll, now we get to wait a few years for that <laughs> yeah so that'll be interesting when does the first what? infinity wars come out is it 2019 wow Actually, yeah, that sounds right. Actually, so more than a few years. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll. Those are our initial reactions. So yeah, it's early. It is. It don't is. Don't hold it to that. Right. Yeah. Um. But best movie ever made. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Infinity War. The first. Uh, part one of Infinity Wars 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah. So. So I think yeah. That's. Oh my God, we're getting we're running long. Uh. So that's our retrospective on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh. Phases one and two. We did it. <laughs> we did. And that was that a lot was... shorter than a summer of Sandler. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more fun, <laughs> a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. That was like a summer of watching Thor: The Dark World. Um, <laughs> I think that was mostly that. That was mostly for Fekus because he's a fan of. I don't know if he's necessarily a fan of Thor, but I, I threw that in for him. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening, and we have an announcement uh, that we're we're going to make. Um, Actually, I'll just throw it to Mike. Do you want to uh, explain to our listeners what what's you do. up? You said <laughs> it sounds like I'm being punished, and you're making me apologize. <laughs> now you go to the you front like of the to class. Tell them what you want to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? All right. Uh, well. Jokes aside, um, next week is going to be my last episode of The Obsessive Viewer for the foreseeable future. Um, being a part of this podcast, uh, I remember when they initially asked me to do it or when Matt would tell me that he was going to be doing a podcast. And I kind of had a little whisper in the back of my head hoping that they would ask me to be on it. Um, and they did. They asked me to be, uh, what was it, like four episodes in, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, maybe five or six. Yeah. 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 And so, and they they asked me to be on, and for just about two years now, we've we've been doing this and kind of building it into something. I, I I'm not sure we all expected, but we definitely mm-hmm. hoped, um, you know that that we would the place. We got to do a lot of cool things, and just together, what we've done, I feel like it's it's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. And I've seen Kiss live. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really is one of the coolest things. I, As much as we joke about Summer of Sandler, I had a blast doing the Summer of Sandler thing. Mm, totally. Um, you know, we did, we did PopCon last year, which was really, really cool to get out there and to kind of hear from people and see the podcast community. Mm. It's super, super awesome that we did 
um, the uh, the Shocktober in Irvington. I was so proud of that, and just kind of all our Halloween episodes. I love the yeah. guests we've had on. Um, that we had John Dugan on. That was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was cool to really see what what this podcast would grow into. And um, I'm super proud of of what we've done together. And I'm super proud that we that we are on it together. Um, and that I got to be a part of it for the last couple of weeks. Um, actually, for the last year, I've been been getting my master's in English, uh, and it's been crazy stressful. Um, because I also teach full time. If you're a listener, you know that. And so, it, you know, it's a decision I've kind of been grappling with for a couple of weeks now. And I, I saw my schedule for my summer classes and just realized that um, I to kind of reprioritize my life and figure out what has to be done for me to maintain my sanity and my grades at the same time. I I decided it would be best to uh, to take a step back from the podcast and um, I was nervous to tell the guys. I told them on Saturday morning, and they handled it so well. Um, super appreciative to them for handling it as well as they did and understanding. And um, just to any listeners who have listened and kind of paid us any compliments or um, tweeted at us or or just listened for fun, I appreciate it. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening so much. Um, I'll be on every now and then. I, I wouldn't miss the Star Wars uh, episode for the world. I'll definitely come back and do a Shocktober episode. And nice. um, when I'm done with my masters, who knows? Who knows what happens? But for uh, for the time being, this we'll have this episode, and then next week we'll do uh, we'll do my last episode. And I don't know if we've picked a topic yet, but I, I, I hopefully we'll do something special. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you guys definitely. so much for listening, and Matt and Tiny, thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and just echo what I what I said in our, what I said in our pod chat when you when you sent it. Uh, Send it to us amidst all the expletives that I did. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, he told me to eat my shorts. It was weird. I, it was really. I just reverted back to just you know being a kid and like I I just threw a bunch of uh, movie references and TV show references. It was it was, uh-huh. it, was, it, was it was grappling with it. But uh, no, seriously though, uh, like <laughs> I think I can't speak for Tiny, but the obsessive viewer, this podcast would not be as as great or i wouldn't have i don't know how to phrase it uh the podcast wouldn't be what it is today without you and and i i said this in the pod chat and i mean this with from the bottom of my heart you your name was kicked around we we discussed having you on from the beginning like even before we even recorded the first episode you were a very integral part to the podcast whether you wanted to be or not yeah uh it was just figuring out the logistics and everything and i was so happy that we were able to able to get you on able to uh fight through the techno technology difficulties that we had in the early days and get be able to have you for as long as as you've been on and yeah, lots of tech stuff. By the way, oh, if yeah. you guys don't know, I am not in indie. And so <laughs> right. all this perfect sound quality you hear is is our equipment and the and the wonderful mixing talents of Matt. Oh, thank you. So. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and <laughs> it's funny cuz uh who was it that was it Fekus that he was like I thought that I don't know if it was Fekus, but someone it was, it was Fekus. He thought was he, it? Thought, he thought you were driving up every Sunday yeah. to record with us. <laughs> I was like, uh, dude, oh, that's man. 3 hours. I would have quit there. a lot sooner. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And like, and not to get too like, uh, I've used this this expression before, and and you guys didn't didn't know, but or didn't like 
called me out on it because I don't know if I'm using it right. But not to get too inside baseball with this or anything, but um, <laughs> I have no idea if I'm using that right. I don't care. Um, but like when you said you were worried about it and everything, like it, there was nothing to be worried about. Obviously, we. Yeah. I mean, we hate to lose you for however long you're going to be gone, but I think it's worth mentioning and worth applauding you that you've been. This isn't like oh, I decided to get my master's. I have to dump the podcast now or I have to leave the podcast. It's like you've been working on that <laughs> while doing this. And like that is something that I have just incredible respect for you to oh, to thanks, be able man. to manage your time that well and further your career and education and all that. And then just the fact that you set aside time to to do this with us and put up with my crazy um, <laughs> planning and everything. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes I kind of lose sight of, you know, you guys having not having as much free time as I have. So I'm like, Hey, let's, you know, let's do a David Fincher retrospective. Here's all yeah. the movies he's watched. He's <laughs> made spend a summer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. It was fun. I mean, oh, yeah. it's yeah. always fun. It never, I, I don't think, I think it goes without saying. And I, and I hope listeners know I'm, I'm, I'm not stepping back because it's not fun. I'm not stepping right. back because I don't enjoy it or there is, nothing happened behind the scenes for, exactly for, between the three of us. So right. this has been to- except for that one time that tiny told you to stop being a bitch and go back in the kitchen. That's um, true. <laughs> That's true. I also got to meet tiny. Yes. Yes. Because that- of this podcast. Oh yeah. And I mean, well, I might, I might reiterate this next week when we do, when we do your farewell episode, but um, like that was one of the biggest things about this, doing this podcast with you guys. And what was so important to me is like, you two are like two of my closest friends in the world. Mm-hmm. And like, you guys have been like, uh, like tiny. I know I've known you since junior high, Mike, I was roommates with you now a decade ago and we're still friends so we have like this history and like going (laughs) starting this podcast was the first time like like i've talked to i've i had talked to tiny about you and i had i talked to you about tiny and this was like the first time that you guys you know were meeting and like that was just really important to me to just be able to bring these two friendships together and 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 it worked we it did yes we met via the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it was it was after nearly a decade of hearing Mike's stories. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Just no face or voice to put with the <laughs> stories. Yeah. So you exactly. you know, in in to make if it makes you feel any better, in my head you looked like Chris Evans as Captain America. So <laughs> And then you saw me and I looked more like and the leader just, in Incredible Hulk. You just blew him out of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> But yeah, basically next week we'll start the countdown from when Mike comes back. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not it's not the last episode with Mike. It's just right. starting the countdown until Mike comes back. Yeah, yeah. that'll work. Yeah. We that'll will work. force you to come back. Right, yeah. And that was one I'll of the things. <laughs> I joked about it, but I was serious that I wouldn't let him out of his proverbial contract with the podcast unless he came back for the Star Wars episode. Cause yes. That, and my contract also includes uh, a stake in the podcast. Yes, um, I'm not sure exactly how we how we cut it up. Uh, Matt, of course, is majority stockholder, but mm-hmm. I do own shares and I do maintain those shares. So, uh, if you're a listener and and I was your favorite obsessive viewer, please continue to listen. I need the money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, uh, and I, I will. I'll keep listening too. I I can't nice. wait to hear. I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. Hopefully, you take mm-hmm. some of the some of the stuff we we talked about, some of the topics we talked about doing, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to do with those. 
yeah, it's it's cool. gonna be it's gonna be a tough transition, but we'll we'll figure it out. And you will always be a part of the podcast, whether you're on the air or not. So yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll see you next week. Awesome. Aww. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. But it'll be so. Are you guys thinking about a replacement or going with two? I think for the time being, it'll be me and Tiny. I haven't talked to Tiny about Tiny. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, yeah, it'll be us for at least a while. And yeah. I don't know. We could we could just have frequent guests. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. They have big shoes to fill. <laughs> right. Seriously. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, whatever you guys do, you have my full support. Right. Right. No, I already, I already called people to replace you because I'm, I'm, I'm done with you. <laughs> we get hounded we, regularly. You actually had a backup. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. As always, loyal listeners, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And thank you, of course, to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP, uh, their first of a few actually coming out in the next few months. Check them out. Uh, anyway, it's called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and a clips of events. Um, make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes after you listen to this episode. It helps us out a lot uh, and it gives us the ability to say, hey, people like us. Also, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And you can follow each of us on Twitter. You can find Matt at obsessive viewer. Tiny is obsessive tiny and me, Mike. I'm at I am Mike white on Twitter. You can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where all three of us, but mostly Matt, review movies and TV shows and uh, talk about all kinds of things. It's kind of the, the written form of this podcast. Um, you can also check out Obsessive Book Nerd, which has book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading. And also check out Tiny's The Secular Perspective, which is a podcast exploring the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. Um, if you have any thoughts on the podcast in general or this particular podcast you just listened to or even suggestions for future podcasts, please, please email us individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or you can just email the podcast directly as a whole kind of directed to all three of us at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.